It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. It's the all-new Minnesota basketball party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Meet the full panel next. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Basketball Party on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It's the all-new Minnesota Basketball Party on the eve of Minnesota Timberwolves preseason. We kick off this new adventure with a five-man panel. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Find me on X at Sam Ekstrom. Let's go around the horn here. We got Jack Borman. Canis Kupis, writer and uh, managing editor. He's at a lot of the games. He is a Wolves guru. He'll be joining us every Wednesday. Ben Beacon, Locked on Wolves daily host. You can hear him on Locked on Wolves Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get your Wolves fixed daily. Reggie Wilson, bottom left corner there. Care 11 sports director and anchor. We're making you switch sports, Reggie. This was a football show up until now. Now you're talking hoops. We're throwing a curveball at you. And there's Ron Johnson of the Ron Johnson Show here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. He's a football guy talking hoops every Wednesday with us here on the Minnesota Basketball Party, which will be airing every Wednesday going forward. We're so pumped that you've joined us today. And today, fellas, I think we just get all the big opinions out there. We'll, We'll play the hits. We'll talk about the stars. We'll lay a groundwork for this Minnesota Timberwolves season, which tips off three weeks from today, preseason tomorrow in Abu Dhabi. Can't wait to get started. Jack Borman, you're the, the newest guest on this panel. Welcome to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota family. Uh, give me the first word. How excited are you about this Wolves season? I think that, that this is probably the deepest Timberwolves team that, that we've ever seen. Um, you know, surely, surely in the last, you know, 18, 19 years since the Timberwolves were um, winning playoff series. Um, and so I think it's hard not to not to be excited when, when you have a lead dog like Anthony Edwards and and how much talent and, and the depth of talent that that is there behind him, I think, is something that um, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch, and, and uh, hopefully we'll be we'll be watching competitive basketball well into uh, well into the playoffs. Let, let me play a little devil's advocate and toss it to Ben Beacon here. People were excited for last year's team, and then they kind of fell flat. Has enough changed to where you think it's it's you can credibly be excited all over again for this kind of same core group? Yeah, I, th- I think to Jack's point, the 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 depth is probably the thing that's the biggest difference obviously the second year of cat and rudy playing together of course carl Anthony towns only played in i think 29 regular season games last year because of injury uh, so there is still a little bit of a learning curve there no doubt like we're still gonna have to see rudy and cat play together and figure it out um but the one thing that is definitely better than it was 12 months ago is the depth you're cycling out guys that were at the end of the rotation i, I mean opening night last year you're talking bryn forbes you're talking austin rivers um, and, and you were relying on Jordan McLaughlin and now you've got guys like shake Milton, who's been in the playoffs basically every year in his career. Um, you've got Troy Brown jr. Who played meaningful minutes on a good Lakers team last year. And, um, it's just, you know, that the team's deep Nas Reed wasn't even in the rotation for most of the first, you know, four or five weeks last season, he was in and out of the lineup until cat's injury. So this is certainly a deeper team than we saw 12 months ago. And then layer on to that, 
having Cat and Rudy playing together in a, a second season. Um, I mean, it's it's it also the progression of Ant, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Um, certainly, I feel better about this team. Wolves fans should be better should feel better now than than at the end of last season. Reg, what kind of vibes are you getting over there in Care Eleven Land? You know, I, I'm excited to see them potentially try to get out of the first round of the playoffs. That would be nice, right? You know, I just think, you know, last year there were so many questions like, can Cat and Rudy play together? You know, this is not today's NBA. And then we only saw it for a limited number of games, as Ben said, because of Cat missing those 50 last year with the Cavs. So I, I still think there's a lot of questions but then you've kind of seen the ascension of Anthony Edwards, um, especially over the summer. He was like the unquestioned one on that summer team um, that unfortunately fell short, got all these guys like, yeah, I'm playing in the Olympics next year. KD, Kawhi, all these guys already sent LeBron possibly. Um, but I think everybody's like, look, this needs to be Ant's team. This needs to be Ant's team. This is going to be Ant's team. And so, I mean, Cat even though he may not act like it, he has said as much that this is going to be Ant's team as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like how the, the, the shift happens between going from cat being the alpha to Ant being the alpha and, and cat just kind of like being complimentary to this burgeoning superstar that we have. Ron. Yeah. And so for, for everybody that wants to know where I come in with basketball, I was a basketball guy all through high school uh, I still play basketball to this day. Like I am playing on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays every week. I am a hooper to my heart. I am probably the best basketball player on a football team for most teams. Uh, like any receiver would say, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, we hoop. And so when I look at basketball with this team, I'm excited for this reason. I don't know how many people, by show of hands, have gone back and looked at the 1999 and 2003 Spurs by the names of Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Here's the key about this roster when you look at that team. Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott, and Mario Ellie. Now, I'm 1999, I was 19 years old. I don't know how some of you guys are probably younger, but I remember that team. I don't remember those names being as, like, who as they are when I even I look at them now. Like, I know the names, but when you look at them, and so for this team to coexist, you got a guy by the name of Anthony Edwards. The Spurs didn't have that. Now, eventually, they started to get some other stars in Ginobili and so on and so forth, but they didn't have those guys in 1999 when they won their first ring with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. So how can these guys coexist? They need to figure out a way for all three, whereas Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are the David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and Rudy Gobert comes and fills in like the other three. He's going to get rebounds. But Tim Duncan and David Robinson's numbers, when you look at the rebounds, that's where I'm hoping this Timberwolves team goes because they both were 11 plus rebounds, eight plus defensive rebounds a game, meaning you're not getting second chance shots. It was too many times last year in games where I felt like the ball was hitting the rim. It would bounce around and then somebody else on the other team would get the ball and you're looking at your two bigs like, what the heck are you out here for? Now we know Cat missed some time. The key word for this team is health. I'm excited if they can stay healthy and I agree with everybody's point. This is a team that should be a four or five seed. I talked to Michael Grady the other uh, night. I talked to Tim Connolly about this, and I actually talked to Nikhil uh, Walker-Alexander. This is a, or Alexander Walker, sorry. This is a team that can easily be a four or five seed if they stay healthy, if they don't punch walls, if they stay away from hurting themselves. Just show up to practice, put baskets up. Don't do too much. But somebody also has to be the Kobe Bryant. When I say that, I mean somebody has to walk into that building every day 
and demand excellence. They have to walk to that building every day and say, man, we got to be the best versions of ourselves. I got a chance to talk to PJ Fleck last night. He spoke to my daughter's softball team. Uh, shout out to PJ. And some of the things he even said about his culture and his team, I hate to put culture in there, but it matters in the locker room. When guys are pointing fingers, when guys are saying we don't get along, when guys are saying this and it's not my fault, it's his fault. I'm scoring 30 at night. Why can't the rest of you? You're not going to win games. And so the culture of this team is going to matter. But somebody, and that's why I love what Steve Kerr did to Anthony Edwards. I hope he lit a fire under him telling him how like not hard he works compared to like Steph Curry and Clay or to Kobe. Like Anthony Edwards, I hope, has a fire where every day he shows up, he's going to be the Kobe Bryant type of mentality to say, look, we got to get this going. The fact that Jimmy Butler doesn't even want to mention the name Timberwolves should piss them off even more. And so I'm excited about this team. Yeah, and, and low-key, talking about culture, you get a full year now, and I, I don't want to make it the Rip D'Lo show, but a full year without that power struggle with D'Angelo Russell, didn't seem like he got along with Rudy, that whole dynamic is now gone. I think you do go into the year with a lot more kumbaya kind of feel in that locker room. That team did come together late in the year, played some really good basketball. Let, let me put this out there, and we'll kick it back to you, Reggie, and then we'll go back around. You got three big money stars on this team. You got Ant, Cat, and Rudy. So I'm not asking you to rank talent. What I'm asking you is to give me which of those three players can impact the team the most if they take a big step forward. Rudy, Ant, or Cat? Who can impact the Wolves the most, Reggie? I think it's Cat, uh, especially because we just didn't really see last year what he could truly be uh part of this team with all these new pieces and look there have been so many times where cat comes out gets into foul trouble early on you know some of these mental things just kind of take him out of the game i think he has the most to prove to me um just because like he is a a star in this league but like i don't know that a whole lot of people would say like oh yeah carl anthony towns is, is superstar status like i think he was like at the brink of that at, at one point, but like now, you know, I, I think he's, he's kind of flatlined, if you will. I, I think, I think he has some, some work to do to, to make people kind of respect, you know, what he does a lot more. I, I want to see him put the ball on the floor a little bit more and, and not just like, you know, bang inside and try to get a foul call and, you know, crying about not getting a call or, or whatever the case may be. Like, it's time for him to play like true bully ball and put the ball on the floor. And, you know, it, it was interesting because over the summer, you know, after he did the the podcast P uh, podcast with Paul George, like he was in the gym with him and both of these guys just shooting threes and, and all that good stuff. And I was reading the comments and everybody was just like, we know you can shoot, but like, this is not what we want to see from your game. And so I think, I would like to see him kind of play a little bit more like he played earlier on in his career. Now that he's added the three to his repertoire, like it's interesting because I know that cat is not Nikola Jokic. Okay. But I think we saw kind of like a blueprint of what like this duo of him and Ant could be if they play both to their potentials, like that pick and roll with Murray and Jokic is deadly. If they can somehow channel some of that, a little bit like they can be unstoppable, but Cat has to be in the mindset to want to actually do that and to want to play that way because they can kill teams with that. 
So I think it it if a lot a lot of it falls on him to try to, you know, evolve his game a little bit more and play like a big man because he has the talent, he has the skills. Just want to see him do it on a consistent basis. Jack, uh, what do you think, Cat, Ant, or Rudy? Yeah, I, I, this will probably be an unpopular uh, pick here, but I, I'd go with Rudy. And, um, and and the biggest reason why I think that is, you know, when you think back to what Rudy did in Utah, that entire roster was was basically constructed around him and, and what he can bring to the team. And, um, you know, I think that this team is really built to unlock what he can do on both ends of the floor, especially now that Mike Conley is here. Um, Rudy's talking or has spoken extensively um, both at the end of last season and now, you know, heading into this season about the value that Mike brings and, and can help uh, kind of add to his game on both ends of the floor because they just have that, that built in chemistry. But I mean, when you go back and you look at that, those Utah teams uh, offensively, all they wanted to do is was spread the floor with shooters around him and Mike and get that spread pick and roll. Um, to clear the lane for Rudy and make it as easy as him for uh, to impact the game above the rim. And then defensively, they funneled everything to him in a deep drop with, you know, big physical wings uh, around them and, and Bogdanovich and, and Royce O'Neal. Um, you know, those defenses never were worse than 13th in the league and averaged to be um, sixth in the league uh, in those, you know, six years that that Rudy was really um, you know, one of those lead dogs in, in, in Utah. He was a three-time defensive player of the year. And if you look at um, just his on-off numbers in terms of how he impacted the team's defense. He ranked in the 95th percentile or, or higher uh, in, in all but one year when, when he dealt with some injuries. Um, you know, and those Jazz teams won, won 294 games those across those years, won 62% of their games. And, um, and when you, th- like I said, when you think about the way that those teams were built, you had, um, you know, the, the four around them were, were Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovich, and, and Royce O'Neal. And this time around, you have, you have Anthony Edwards, Mike Conley again, Towns and McDaniels. And you can make a real argument that, that this version of Ant was better than that version of Donovan Mitchell, that Carl Towns is better than Bojan Bogdanovich, and that Jaden McDaniels is a far more impactful player than, than Royce O'Neal. And so for me, considering that Rudy wasn't 100%, until after the all-star break last season. And we really started to see more of his impact, especially defensively at that point. Um, and, and now not to mention that you know, you've got a full year under your belt with, with Chris Finch and Anthony Edwards, but now you also have a full off season and a, and a full season, hopefully here with Mike Conley to, to kind of help bridge uh, what Rudy can do with the rest of the roster. So I think that, that Rudy has um, probably is the most likely guy to take a significant step forward just because last season was just so unlike what we've seen from him in the past. But, but I do really think that, you know, if the Timberwolves got the best version of Rudy Gobert, that I think that would be the most impactful because I think that Ant and Carl, I I just think we kind of know what we're going to get from them. Um, And and with Rudy, I think we haven't seen that yet. So if we do end up seeing that this season, it'll be, be pretty big for this Wolves team. Ben, who you got? So I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards, and I, I promise we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so it's great that the three of us so far have had different answers. Uh, mm-hmm. I I can absolutely see the points that the last you guys made, um, and actually one of the last things Jack said is we know what we're going to get out of out of Cat and Ant. I would 100% agree. We know what we're going to get out of Cat. Obviously, last year was an outlier for him in almost every way. It was his worst offensive season in the 20, 29 games that he did play, so obviously the injury, but he wasn't himself when he did play. I think Cat's going to bounce back to where he has been, um, which, you know, as as um, as Reggie said, like, I mean, he's a star. Is he a superstar? We can have that debate. He has been on NBA twice. He's a multi three time all star, I think. Um, so 
we could debate the star superstar line, but he's going to be somewhere in there, right? He's somewhere like around the 30th best player in the league. Well, if Ant is really going to be your alpha, then that's all you really need Cat to be. And now that he's 28, I don't think we can wait around anymore for yet another leap. I mean, you never know. Maybe he does unlock something else. You know, a couple of years ago, prior to getting hurt last year, he was driving the ball a lot more from the outside. They were playing five out. He was, you know, if you put a five on him, he'd drive past him to the basket and draw a foul. If you put a four on him, he shoots over him. I think we're going to see a lot more of that from Cat this year. But I think the answer is Ant, just because his ceiling is so astronomically high. Like, he was really, really good last year. But he could be way, way, way better. And and I thought it was interesting during the Team USA run this summer, there were a lot of people nationally who obviously don't follow the Timberwolves that closely. At Simultaneously, I think people were overrating him, but also not realizing that a lot of the things he was doing well for Team USA, he was doing all year for the Wolves. And primarily that being on-ball defense, which is much better than I think people give him credit for. Um and that that would be probably number one. But in general, his all-around game, there's still the, the ceiling is like like insanely high for Anthony Edwards. And so if Cat does what he's done his whole career up until last season and Rudy bounces back for the most part to where he's been, as Jack said, and, and you know, wrong side of 30, it's fair to assume that maybe there is some regression happening um, just because of his age. I think he'll be better than he was last year. So if you assume each of those guys are back to their baseline level, Ant going from, you know, really good last year and an exciting 21-year-old to like a super-duper star this year, that is what's going to raise the the both the floor and the ceiling of this year's Timberwolves team the most. Ron, break the tie. We've got a three-way tie here, Rudy, <laughs> Ant, and Cat. When you look at Rudy, Ant, and Cat, it this is hard for me. I'm I I I can't pick one, but this is what I can do. I can pick two. Um, again, I'm kind of I'm leaning to the Cat Carl and the D Towns, and this is why I think for Rudy Gobert, when you look at his teams, and so I'm gonna go back to 2020 and 2021. What was the big difference that year? Rudy Gobert dominated the boards. He had 14 to 15 rebounds a game. Like, that is domination. Whereas with the Timberwolves, there will be games he'd have eight rebounds. His average this past year was 11. So he's got to find a way to get that extra three. And, and again, when we talk about this in football. One or two extra third downs converted can change a game, can change the time of possession. It's the same thing in basketball. If you can get two to three more offensive rebounds, you're giving your chance a little bit better chance of winning that game. And I think he has to come there. But when it comes to Anthony Edwards, I personally, and again, maybe because that's the position I play, when I look at like a taller guard, um, I just feel like a guy like that should be able to dominate. And I and I was wholeheartedly on board with what Reggie said. They have to have a two-man game. And within their two-man game, with, with, when you look at Jokic and you look at him and Murray, what do they do well? Both of them can attack. So whoever you pick, you pick wrong. So they've got to be able to play like a football style of offense where it's just an audible. Hey, we're going to play the two-man. If, if your guy switches, I'm going to dump it off to you. If your guy switches, back him down. Calipari did something with Carl Lee Towns that I think changed his life. He made him put his back to the basket. He came in from high school wanting to be an outside guy, which he's trying to do now. Calipari said, I'll make you a number one pick if you get your big butt down underneath the basket because I got scores off top. He has to go back to that Calipari mentality and be a bully. He was a bully at Kentucky. He's not been a bully in the NBA. When you look at, like, I mean, I don't know memes and stuff. There's jokes of him looking like he's working hard, and the other guy's just like, what are you, what are you doing right now? But he's he's got to get back to that bully ball, and that's why I'm going to go with my one would be Anthony Edwards. My one B would be Carly Towns. I think Rudy Gobert just needs to be a rebound, blocking machine, and then – in that two-man game, if Carl pops to shoot a jumper from like the elbow, Anthony Edwards drives, 
like Mike Connolly does, Anthony Edwards has to get great at this. Just throw the alley-oop. Rudy Gobert at seven foot 17, just throw the alley-oop, let him dunk it. That's where he's good. If you look at his three-point percentage, it was zero in 20 and 2020. Rudy Gobert is not going out there. But what he can do is if there's a guy paying attention or trying to help out on Anthony Edwards, just throw the oop, dunk it. Like, they've got to go back and watch film of, like, uh, Chris Paul back when he had Blake Griffin and DeAndre um, Jordan. Jordan. Like, that. that's how that offense should look. Blake Griffin can pick and pop. DeAndre Jordan was just like, hey, if you make a mistake and pick the wrong out of the three of us, I'm going to dunk on you. And that's where Rudy Gobert. But I, but Carl Anthony Towns, I agree with He has to be a bully. Like, he's got to put his back back to the basket. I'm the least basketball-y person here, uh, but I, I would have voted Ant. I just think that if Ant can channel the, the Team USA stuff, the stuff that was making Steve Kerr like speak the world of him, that's the Ant that could change this Minnesota Timberwolves team. We're going to talk Wolves X-Factors in a little preseason preview after a word from Bird Dogs, our good partners on this show. I'm wearing my Bird Dogs right now. I'm going to wear my Bird Dogs tomorrow going to wear them out golfing on Friday because they are so comfortable. They are so versatile. They are multi-season. So as the leaves change colors and fall arrives and the mornings get crisper and the nights get chilly, your bird dogs pants with those liners, those bird dogs joggers, they are so loungy and warm that uh, why wouldn't you wear them every single day? New promotion as well at birddogs.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on. Get a free water bottle with any purchase. Last time I got the bird dogs tumbler. Now I can get the water bottle so I can get my coffee in the morning and then I can hydrate with the water bottle later after I go to the gym. Birddogs.com slash locked on. Get the pants, get the shorts, get the liners inside. They've got the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. They are so comfortable and so versatile. The Swiss Army knife of loungewear, bird dogs. You won't want to take them off. Thanks again for joining us on this maiden voyage of the Minnesota Basketball Party. We appreciate you watching. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Get us to 6,000 subscribers and find us on the Locked On Wolves audio feed. That's the Ben Beacon feed where you can also find Locked On Wolves Monday through Friday. All right, fellas, we talked about the Wolves' stars. Now let's talk about the Wolves' X-Factors. Ron, you were talking about depth earlier and how uh, the Wolves can really come together with some of those back-end pieces. Uh, give me an X-Factor on this team beyond the big three, beyond Ant, Cat, and Rudy. We'll start with you, Ron Johnson. Well, the same way the, the, the Warriors did it, beyond Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, what'd they go do? They went and got a facilitator. It's got to be Mike Conley Jr., in my opinion. When you have a facilitator that can go out there selfish, selflessly, sorry, selflessly and not be selfish because we know uh, a former, and I'm not going to bash anybody, a former point guard every once in a while felt like it's his shot. This is my time to shine. This is my time to show you. I got ice in my veins. Mike Conley's not that guy. He played on that team with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and he was a facilitator. I think that was the big reason why Tim Conley thought he could get him here and, and he could help out in the Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, um, what's his name, Anthony Edwards' power struggle. Mike Conley Jr. has to be the X factor. And the other reason, too, is because he can get hot and knock down threes, but he does it within the game. Like, he's one of the best feelers of the game. You have to understand who's hot and get that guy the ball. Um, in the gym, when we play pickup, we call it a heat check where some guys just shoot ridiculous Dame Lillard type threes, but they've already hit three threes before that. So it's like, look, I get it. That was a heat check to see if you're still just hot. 
And that's where Mike Conley Jr. is good. Vice versa, there was times where the other point guard, Anthony Edwards, would score three straight points, and he's going to come down and he wants to shoot to get the crowd up for him. And it's like, just give it back to the guy that's killing the other guy. Like, play like play like you play in your backyard, and sometimes you need a guy like Mike Conley Jr. So he's the X factor to me because he's the guy that's going to make sure to get that offense going. And he knows maybe he maybe he's a Rudy Gobert whisperer. And so, like you said, a full season together now uh, and off season, maybe he can help, you know, the Carlin D. Towns, Rudy Gobert, uh, kind of figuring out where they belong in this offense. That pick and roll was pretty good with those two in Utah. Uh, Reggie, who do you think's the X factor? Uh, I go Jaden, Jaden McDaniels. Um, it's a shame that he punched that, that wall and, <laughs> and we didn't see what he could do against the Nuggets. I don't think the, the wall. Did we see if he even series. hurt the wall though? Did he hurt the wall or? Was there you a know what? in these situations? I don't think <laughs> rumor has it they have styrofoam walls at Target Center now. A Rod paid for it. <laughs> okay, that that fits. That yeah. fits. Uh, but no, I, I think, like I said, I don't know. I, I don't think the the Wolves win the series against the Nuggets if Jaden McDaniels plays. But you know, I think they were missing that three and D guy. And I think each and every year he's just continued to take a little bit of a step forward. And if he can just kind of be that that main three and D guy that that can get them points and and lock up the the team's best uh player on the other side like I just think that it's going to tremendously impact these games you kind of look at like you know I know Ryan mentioned the Warriors but back you know before kind of like the the big heyday they had Harrison Barnes and Look, Harrison Barnes now is is a really good three and D guy but when he was with the Warriors he was a little inconsistent and they decided that they wanted to give up on him, and they they got Kevin Durant, um, <laughs> tremendous three and D guy, uh, tremendous Decent. score uh, in this league, future Hall of Famer. But it's it's just interesting because like there have been times where we've seen Jaden McDaniels uh, pull up that corner three and hit the side of the backboard, but then you know last year he's knocking them down, you know. So I think if he can continue to do that and just kind of be like that compliment on offense and then also on defense, like he and Ant just locking guys up. I think this Wolves team can be that three, four, five C that that maybe, you know, their ceiling is this season. But just want to continue to see him take another step forward. And I think he felt really bad about breaking his hand and and all that good stuff. And I think he wants to come out and show and prove that he can he can do better than punching a wall. Jack Borman. Yeah, I think my favorite Harrison Barnes anecdote was that he thought that the Warriors couldn't replace him, and then they went out and got Kevin Durant right after that. Uh, <laughs> so that's always what I think of when I think of Harrison Barnes. But um, I was also going to go with Mike Conley um, for, for similar reasons oh. that Ron listed, in, but but I had a backup in, in, in Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And I think um, – you know, Hey, Jack, the way- by the way, that was that was a great one. <laughs> Harrison Barnes actually was so mad he stopped inviting. I think some guys didn't even get invited to his wedding. So I, I remember you- that. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing that. Um, yeah, but but with Nikhil, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who basically had to to fill in and replicate that Jaden McDaniels role um, after the wall uh, did its dirty work on Jaden there. Um, and, and I think the way that he was able to navigate screens and, and make life as difficult as he could for for Jamal Murray, I think a lot of Wolves fans will remember that playoff series and just how 
you know, Jamal Murray kind of went crazy in the fourth quarter. But if you go back and you you look at some of those shots, Nikhil is playing as good a defense as you can possibly play on a guy like Jamal Murray in that situation. Um, he made 40% of his threes in that playoff series. He had a really good instinctive feel for kind of when he needed to insert himself offensively, whether it was driving to the rim, you know, trying to get to a spot on the floor when uh, where you could throw up a lob for Rudy Gobert or, you know, just drive the baseline to get a corner kick and kind of get the defense in rotation a little bit. Um, just a guy that, uh, unlike a lot of Wolves uh, role players of, of years past, is really a two-way player and can be impactful on both ends of the ball. Um, and, and I really just think that uh, if he's able to continue shooting threes um, as well as he did in the in the playoffs and then he he shot the ball very well, I think just just south of 40 percent uh, for Team Canada in, in the World Cup this year, playing that backup point guard role behind uh, his cousin Shea Gilgis Alexander um, for that bronze winning uh, Canadian team. I, I think that he's just going to be a really important piece um, for, you know, kind of how Chris Finch decides to uh, assemble this rotation and and match guys up. So uh, with, with what he's able to do as a perimeter defender um, and then as a really low usage, um, but, but impactful offensive player that can unlock people around him, I think he's going to be uh, relied upon pretty heavily here. Ben. I'm going to agree with Reggie. I'm going to say Jade McDaniels and um, similar to what I said about, Ann, I just think the ceiling for him is high as well. And obviously he's, he is the fourth option um, and, and maybe even fifth option sometimes offensively, at least among the starting lineup. But because he is far and away their best perimeter defender and arguably one of the best two or three perimeter defenders in the entire NBA. I know he didn't get on an all NBA defensive team or an all defensive team this year. He should have um, every metric. Uh, you look at perimeter isolation defense. You look at uh, uh, ball screen navigation, getting through screens for somebody to be so good at both of those things. He's he's arguably the best in the league at both of those things. Um, he was and robbed, man. He was we already. Robbed. What's that? Uh he was robbed. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was. And and it's and it's it, we could. This is a whole other topic, but it's because of the whole position designation thing. And of course, there's guys that you know. It's it's kind of like in in baseball how the Gold Glove turns into an offensive award sometimes, where you know it's it's names that are getting on these lists. And Jade McDaniel's it, typically all defensive teams lag a year behind, and I think we'll see that this year. I think he'll make he'll make that team. But also what what he's done offensively. Um, I, I think Reggie mentioned this too. He's in, improved incrementally every year. Um, in general, his three point percentage is, was almost 40% last year. And, um, you know, it was up enough from the year before that you could wonder, is that an outlier? Is he going to come back to earth? But he's 36% as a rookie. So I think it was the quality of attempts. I think certainly the wolves having Rudy on the floor and, you know, some of the things they were doing to collapse the defense, um, got Jaden some better shot opportunities. I think as long as he can find that his, his niche kind of within the offense and, and as a fourth or fifth option, find enough threes, knock them down when he gets them. And then he's going to be on the floor with bench units a lot. And he's going to have to be able to do a little bit more offensively while still staying out of foul trouble defensively. And I think he did a better job last year in terms of staying out of foul trouble than he did his second season. So he continues to improve on both ends of the floor and he's going to get that big contract extension at some point here really soon. Um, to me, he could be a legitimate fourth star. And as long as he can kind of be that super role player, that super three and D player, um, I think he can make a big difference for the Wolves this year. No one's going to go with the correct answer, slow-mo. No one's going Kyle Anderson off a I, career high, <laughs> shooting three-pointers last year. You're just a slow-mo fam, fan, can, uh, Sam. Like, so I did, I did have like his game. I, <laughs> that's how you, that's how you, I imagine that's how Sam plays basketball. Like that's, 
it's, the, yeah. the shooting form is definitely right right in that zone there for sure. I I had slow mo listed as uh, for the opposite reason because because it was a career year. What does this year look like for for slow mo? Oh, and, slow-mo and also, yeah, exactly. And also, he's going to get bumped down and play more minutes at the three instead of the four because Nas Reed got that big contract. So you look at historically for Kyle Anderson, especially back end of his career in San Antonio, beginning of his first four year, uh, first couple years in Memphis. When he plays the three, he's less effective because he's been asked to guard, you know, quicker players on the perimeter. He's further away from the basket. He can't do as much on the glass. So I, I would be concerned about some regression from slow-mo. Ooh, I mean, that's a that's a pretty airtight argument, but um, it's not going to back me down. I'm on the slow-mo bandwagon. Uh, we're going to do a little preseason talk, and then we'll end with a fun activity called Common Foul Flagrant 1 or Flagrant 2. Just want to remind folks to check out the SXM app from SiriusXM. Find all the hometown broadcasts. So that will include the Timberwolves when the season starts. But right now it's the Twins trying to lock up the wildcard series today at 3.38 p.m. Catch the hometown broadcast. Just search Twins. Listen to Corey and Danny call maybe another Twins victory. All right, uh, let's keep this one quick. Give me 30 seconds each. Ben, we haven't started with you yet, so kick us off. What's one thing to watch for in the preseason opener in Abu Dhabi against Dallas. Biggest thing I'm always looking for in preseason preseason is rotations and, and, and lineup combinations. It's obviously a little tricky because we don't know how much, you know, some of the guys that played, especially in, in the World Cup, are going to play. But as you move on in preseason, so maybe this isn't as relevant for Abu Dhabi, but in general, what are the combinations that Chris Finch is looking at? Like, say a couple of the, of the big names don't play. What are some of the combinations he's trying to get with the bench guys? Um, you know, what, what a what what's he trying to accomplish rotation wise? And I think it becomes more clear as the preseason moves on Ron for me. I mean, I want to see some of the one-on-one defense. I know this is a team game and basketball, like all sports are team games, but like receivers, for instance, defensive backs in the preseason and offensive line, even you want to see how these guys handle the one-on-one matchups. Like when you are one-on-one and a guy at the top of the key, can you beat the guy? Can you get your step back jumper off? Can you create space? Uh, it's similar to a receiver creating space for a quarterback to fit a ball in a tight window. It's similar for a DB. Can you stay attached? Can you stay plastered as they called it? I want to see guys like Anthony Edwards, nothing against Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert. Um, I want to see guys like Anthony Edwards create space, but I do want to see Carl Anthony Towns and we'll see, you know, who, how much they play when they play, but I want to see, cause uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, shoot. What's the guy's name? Gilbert Arenas made fun of uh, the dream shake in uh, Olajuwon out here, stealing money, charging. There's nothing wrong with a good post game. Kobe Bryant wouldn't have went to Akeem Olajuwon if the post game wasn't important in basketball. Basketball has become too much of an Instagram thing where I got to go tween, tween, cross behind my back. Just put your back, like do a nice, easy. I want to see Carl Anthony Towns post moves one-on-one. That's what I want to see. I want to see these one-on-one matchups offensively and defensively, but mainly offensively. Can you score? Can you put the ball in the basket? That's early on when I want to see, because then when guys can build on that, that takes them to the regular season. Reg. You know, you talk about like depth and rotation. I want to see somebody establish themselves as, you know, one of the guys that can crack the the rotation uh, when the season starts. Like, you know, there there have been times in the preseason where we've seen people just like go off and, and kind of make their case to be a part of that main rotation. So I just kind of want to see who's going to step up and be one of those main people that that Finchie brings off the bench um, this upcoming season. I I think it's going to be tough just because like, 
it's preseason game one, so we may not see exactly what it is that we want to see. Um, I think maybe they play a little bit more just because it's in Abu Dhabi and it's like a big deal. But um, yeah. I, I just I want to see someone establish themselves uh, to start that they can crack the the main rotation and and do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, Jack. I was going to say almost exactly the same thing that Ben said, but but for for slightly different reasons. And that you know, I think the way the Timberwolves are going to build out this rotation is is really going to be looking at the two bigs. I think Finch admitted that those two guys are going to play a little bit less together this season. Um, so I think it's really going to be about who are we going to match with Carl and who are we going to match with with Rudy. And I think you know how uh, Finch uh, assigns Mike Conley is going to be huge, like the the best two man pairing that that Carl had. Um, you know, after uh, after the All Star break last year, was with Mike Conley. You know, looking at, at net rating, he also was was really really good with Nas Reed. So that's a duo that I really want to see. And then with Rudy, um, it's going to be you know obviously you'll see a lot of Mike with him. I'd, I'd imagine we'll see that's where that slow mo go bear pairing will come in. That was I believe the Timberwolves' best um, you know two man pairing over the course of the whole entire season last year. So. Um, those are the things that that I'll be looking for since I think those will be be telling. And, and I think guys will play a lot because if you remember last season in the preseason, um, Rudy was banged up coming off of Eurobasket. Carl was really, really sick and didn't play a whole lot. Uh, Ant came in overweight um, and had to get back into playing shape. So now that everybody's locked in, ready to go, I think we're going to see guys playing a lot more minutes and, and, the, and the Timberwolves really trying to take advantage of these uh, this two-game preseason slate over in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I want to see a lot of Leonard Miller. Let's see what they got with that early second round pick. I'm excited to see what he can bring. Uh, all right, here's how we close the show. It's called Common Foul, Flagrant 1 or Flagrant 2. I'm going to give you three events or happenings that occurred in the basketball world. Tell me whether it's just a common foul. It's not a big deal. Flagrant 1, it's kind of a big deal. Or Flagrant 2, you're out of here. Throw them out of the game. Uh, I got one serious one on the Wolves and then a couple fun ones. Let's uh, start with Jack. The Wolves losing Tory and Prince in free agency. Common foul, flagrant one or flagrant two? I'd give this one a flagrant one. I think that, you know, TP is a guy that, that was absolutely beloved in that locker room um, and, and and had a pretty pretty much universal approval rating. He had some massive threes for this team. Did a lot to be able to spread the floor. I think they're going to miss him. I don't think Troy Brown is going to be able to, um, you know, replace the the value that the Torian brought, uh, maybe 80% of that, but still that's a, that's a tough one to swallow for a Wolves team that needs as much shooting as they can have. Ben. Uh, that one is a common foul. And, and I agree with Jack. The, the bigger concern is probably the, the locker room side of things and what it does to the culture because he was beloved. He's tough, hard nosed player. It doesn't back down that. And that's valuable. Uh, but I do think, I mean, he was, his contract was to be $9 million this year. And he went and signed for about half that with the Lakers. And with that $9 million, the Wolves brought back Nikhil Alexander Walker and they brought in Troy Brown jr. And they're effectively trying to replace him with those two guys. And as long as Troy Brown, you know, he had a career shooting year last year in the Lakers, as long as that doesn't regress, I think they can kind of cobble together that same production and give themselves a little more roster flexibility because they signed Nas Reed. I mean, Torian Prince wasn't going to see any minutes at the four next year. Um, not that he saw a ton last year, but uh, it just, I think, in general, they'll be able to kind of paper over that production that left. The question is, is it going to impact them from a locker room perspective? But um, yeah, in general, I, I would I would call that a common foul. Reggie Wilson. Yeah, I'll say common foul as well, just because like now that you have signed Nasri, like that's a pretty big money extension that you gave him. Like he's going to have to get his minutes out there. Um, and so I think, you know, yeah, TP was a great glue guy. 
you know, he can knock down shots. He was a solid defender. Um, but I think they, they've kind of replaced him from a production standpoint. I mean, that remains to be seen. They haven't tipped off yet, but I think that's something that they could replace with the guys that they have in place. And, and, you know, TP is onto greener pastures. And Ron? Um, I'd say a guy that's 6'7", 218 pounds. I'm going to call it a common foul. Uh, for all the reason everybody said, you already signed guys that can replace him. You can replace his production. And I think, I think when you talk about defense and a guy that finished the season off and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, there's going to be other roles in there. Torian Prince was a solid shooter. He would come in and, and help you out offensively. But I think his was more due to injury towards the end of the season uh, versus necessity. And, and that's, that's why I'm going to just go with a, a common follow on that one. All right. Let me put it back on you, Ron, for our next prompt. I want, I want big opinions on this. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's <laughs> hairstyle at Heat Media Day. So this is the thing. I'm all for expression. And so you have to look into the deeper meaning of what he did. Is this guy going to do this forever? No. What he did was you have to look at all the pieces. The, the lip ring, the nose ring. The eye. He was going Dennis Rodman. The black nail polish, the the clothes, like you have to see the pregame out for the pre outfit. He was going emo. So in order to go emo, he went full emo, got his hair pressed out. Uh, he's he's just really trying to play up to the media that he's sad uh, about the Damian Lillard tampering uh, with the Bucks. Um, you know, and so he's just playing into the role of of that. But I'm gonna actually go not for the hair. I'm going to go flagrant too, because imagine being in that locker room and he doesn't get a player he wants. And now he's emo. Like if I'm a teammate, I'm like, dang, dude, like you're not, you're not happy with what you got. So I'm going flagrant too, not for the look for what it portrays to the rest of the team. You know, like, dude, you should be okay. We're all still here. And that to me, like when you saw the Lakers try to get Chris Paul and then they, the NBA blocked that with Kobe and Chris, which I don't understand that one. Um, like, you didn't see Kobe show up emo. Kobe's like, all right, show must go on. Like, we didn't get a point guard. Let's move on. Like, Jimmy Butler, like, he's he's playing too much into this. Um, but he's done this every year now. His hair is always changing. He's always trying to troll the media. But I think this one went a little far with the emo. He's in an emotional state uh, because of the Dame Lillard thing. Like, that, that to me is not a great uh, way to show your teammates you're still happy to be their teammate. Reg. Yeah, it's, it's flagrant too all the way. He came up. What's that that TikTok? I'm going to kill my mom. I'm going to kill my dad. It's like, what What are you What are you doing? Like showing up. Like now we saw the next day he had it braided up. It was, you know, regular Jimmy. But like, you know, this was like, hey, we're getting it pressed out before the braids. Hey, I'm just going to wear it pressed out. I'm going to, you know, put these piercings in. I'm just going to go emo. Like, I, I don't understand him. And then he diss the Timberwolves just out of nowhere like it it was Uncalled so for. unsolicited like stray bullets for no reason <laughs> it was just like what stray bullets they're still living rent free in his mind years later so I, I yeah it's flagrant two all around it Ben yeah flagrant two I mean like Ron said I I don't like people can do what they want with their hair or their look it, it doesn't really matter but it, it's just obnoxious that uh that he wants to be obnoxious because he wants the attention. And, and I get it. Like there's, there's guys that do that and fine. That's, that's what they want to do, but that's just, it's always, you know, going back to, and like, I guess, I guess now this is, this is Jimmy living red free in my head, but like going back to like the Rachel Nichols stuff, right? Like that whole thing, like just, he's all about 
it feels like all about himself. And to Ron's point, like, what does that locker room think about that? You know, what about the places he's left and, and what he's left in his wake at all of his different stops? And he's obviously an incredible player and his play. I get it. He's one of the best players that people don't talk about enough. And I would, I would agree with that throughout his career. Cause he's really, really good. Um, he's just single-handedly dragged teams far into the playoffs, but uh, stuff like this detracts, I think from that, because it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. You know, it doesn't, it's not a great look for Jimmy. Jack. Common foul. No, I'm just kidding. Um, flagrant two for me. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there have already been reports that that people in the Miami Heat organization, you know, beyond just his teammates were, were pretty ticked off about the way that, that Jimmy presented himself um, and that it just didn't fit the the culture of the organization and the, the message that, that they want to, you know, send uh, on, on a day like media day. And, um, and you, and you think about it too, like Jimmy showing up with the dreads last year, you know, something that he, he hadn't done before was, was just so harmless. You know, it was just Jimmy, you know, trying to be funny because that's what he wanted, you know, the picture to be in all the graphics on ESPN and TNT when they're showing all these games. And I think the fact that there's more meaning behind this and that it's more charged up, I think Ron, Ron hit it on the head with, you know, how do your teammates feel about this, especially considering that that gave Vincent Max Struess are no longer there. And, you know, you didn't get a guy like Dame Lumberd. You didn't get a guy like Drew Holiday. Um, and guys like Tyler Hero, who, whose name was in trade conversations all summer long, like are looking to Jimmy for like, hey, man, I still believe in you. And, um, and you know, like forget about the trade rumors. We're going to be fine. You know, just keep being you. Like there wasn't any of that going on. Um, and, and, you know, this could all be an afterthought by by the, you know, third week of the season. But, um, you know, if, if that was – player on my team that was my leader and I'm looking to him I think that would be a tough thing for me to to get past yeah I think Dame dodged a bullet I think he landed in the perfect spot I just I don't know how would you decide between Dame and Jimmy who's going to take the final shot I mean they both are so excellent in those situations I think it would have just been headed for implosion hurt feelings you know this is my turf you're the new guy but I'm Dame Lillard like I, I think that would have been too awkward Last Dame one. Lillard, Dame Lillard's got two walk-off shots to win playoff series. Jimmy Butler's got zero, so I'd I'd go with Dame there. <laughs> I'd say it depends on the shot. If you if you if you need two, I probably go Jimmy because he's a better mid. But if I need like a three or whatever, yeah, I'm going Dame. Like Dame is that guy. Yeah, yeah. But we no don't have doubt. to worry about that now. Now it's going to be Giannis or Dame, which we know, or Chris Middleton, which I'm mm -hmm. guessing they're all going to be happy with Dame taking that pressure off of them. Yeah, no, I think it's a great fit in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, the the team across the border might be really, really good this year. Glad glad they're not in the uh, the Western Conference. Uh, last one, Anthony Edwards has some new shoes, some new shoe designs. They kind of had like a Georgia peach vibe to them, maybe because he's from Georgia. Um, and a lot of people didn't like the shoes. Jack, common foul, flagrant one, flagrant two on the ant shoes. Uh, this is a common foul for me. Uh, good, good on Ant for getting a signature shoe. I'm not a shoe guy. Give me whatever Nikes you got. Um, not an Adidas guy, but uh, again, some totally harmless. Good for Ant getting a signature shoe, building his uh, his marketing brand. So happy for the guy. And uh, I'm I'm the last person that uh, has the the shoe game knowledge to to really hand out a grade on those. <laughs> ben. I'm gonna go flagrant one. I mean, I I I don't love how they look. The I, I think it's cool that they're unique. The uh the the kind of peach colored ones. Some of the like I don't know, I don't know what you're wearing that with necessarily, but like the teal, the kind of teal black. Those those look those look nice, and I've and they're kind of like I like that they're not all just like straight Timberwolves colors. Like trying to um you know 
because sometimes guys do that with their shoes with the different colorways. I think this is this is better than that. I'm glad I'm glad it's unique. I don't love the overall look, but the the black and teal ones look nice. And, and like Jack said, I mean, great, great for Ant to get a shoe. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll see multiple versions of these shoes in the future. Reg. Yeah, shout out to Ant getting his own signature shoe. Um, but I never understand the the Adidas thing. Like, I just don't think their basketball shoes are very like. There, there's yet to been a, there's yet to be an Adidas basketball shoe that I'm just like, dang, I need that. Erroneous, like, erroneous. Huh? <laughs> well, look, I'm just, look. I when you think about what Jordan has done, like people wear J's to the club. Like people wear J's like with their best dripped outfit. Like, I don't see anybody wearing Adidas shoes, Adidas hooping shoes. Like, I wouldn't wear those ant shoes, like, to the to go out to eat to dinner with friends or something like that. Like, unless I was just, like, exactly hooping in those, like, I don't know that I would wear them. I think mm-hmm. when, when you start seeing some of the people say, like, oh, like, this is kind of like biting off of, like, the Yeezys. And it's just like, dang, like, you don't want that wrap on your on your brand new signature shoes so yeah i think it, it leaves a, a little bit to be desired so i'm gonna say flagrant one uh, i'm not really sure what's going on with all the the like the the little holes like breathable joints on the on the side of the shoe i'm not really not really too much of a fan of the shoe honestly but i shout out to Ant for getting his own signature shoe that's still a huge deal ron close it down uh, I'm going to go with that's a three-pointer and one. Shoot it. You get the fourth shot. He makes the free throw. That's a four-pointer. That's not even a foul. Uh, One, game one, we sell the Adidas shoe. So I look at the kids, though. I got a lot of texts from head coaches in Minnesota for basketball. Uh, One, Wes Tonka. Shout out to uh, Andre Phillips, former Gophers uh, equipment manager. He's the head coach over West Tonka. Uh, Dave Flom, uh, former Eden Prairie coach, who's now over at Southwest Christian. Um, they were saying, hey, man, I got kids asking me, is is there going to be a, a possible colorway that fits our school, which is red and black uh, and then uh, black maroon? And so I go with the kids because there is a, a flip flop. I don't know if everybody's seen it, but you probably have the Yeezy flip flop. It looks terrible, in my opinion, but the kids love them. I don't know what it is about it. So that's where that shoe, if you look at the Yeezy flip flop, these holes in his basketball shoe are kind of a la Yeezy flip flop. It's breathable. It's a spongy material. Um, for and I hoop. So and everybody that's played a sport, basketball, football shoes, you, your feet sweat. This is supposed to give you some breathability through the leather. So it's not just leather on leather. It's kind of leather cloth, and then you have this sponge material that's gonna hold them together. And the kids like it. Now the colorways, like some of these colorways, and yeah, I didn't even think about the Georgia peach. Maybe that's what this is about. I'm not a fan of the colorways. I do like the Timberwolves color one. I hope that they do just a black and white, like black solid white, and then an all black maybe even for some of the kids. Um, but Jordan is Jordan. There's not a, another shoe. Like nobody's wearing the Kyrie's to the club. Nobody's wearing the Kevin Durant's to the club. Nobody wears the Kobe's to the club. Michael Jordan is the best thing that ever happened to us in the history of life, other than Jesus Christ himself. Michael Jordan is right but well no he's not right below there's a whole bunch of stuff below jesus but michael jordan's shoes are up there like it's one of those things jordan can come out with the same shoe every year and he will sell it out and so he's a different plateau of human being when it comes to marketing shoes um but i will say this is gonna i've heard i haven't gotten my my pair yet but i will be having a pair and i will be hooping in them 
Uh, because I hoop in the James Hardens, Adidas shout out, and I love the James Hardens to hoop. Would I wear the James Hardens to the club? No, but would I hoop in them? Yes. Uh, so Michael Jordan is just a different beast. I don't think there will ever be a shoe that will ever get close to eclipsing Michael Jordan. LeBron can come out with the LeBron 57s. It's never going to pass Michael Jordan, so he can let that go. Uh, but with Anthony Edwards, great for him to put money in his pocket to get his family set up with uh, uh, because this could be a long term thing if they have better. The other thing about Adidas that people don't know, too, is their marketing team. They go out and get a lot of young interns out in New York, and they help them design these shoes. So my guess is this was like a youth-inspired type of sit-down. Because, like, James Harden, he's gone off the deep end. Like, James Harden's shoes are starting to look like he just smokes weed with these kids, and then they've created a shoe. Because they're getting ridiculous with some of the looks. Like, his last one for James Harden had flowers, stars, squares, and triangles. I was super confused at it. It looked like something the Riddler would wear, uh, but thank God Anthony Edwards came out with a normal shoe, and I hope he doesn't smoke weed and picks his next shoe. Uh, just continue to grow on this brand, because if he does become a superstar in the next two years, more kids will want to hoop in his shoe. But I will say the state of Minnesota high school basketball kids have already started asking. So like P.J. Fleck always says, sometimes the shoes is not about us. It's about the kids, and I think he hit it. I, I think he hit a home, not a home run. I think he hit maybe a double uh, right <laughs> now, but I'm not good. You know, shout out to the Twins, and hopefully they can close it out. Um, but no, I'm not gonna say it is a common foul or flagrant one or two. This is a this is a nice little jumper. Um, but again, I'm always happy to see guys do something better. Um, but I'm not a fan of the colorways. I'll say that that might be the common foul for me. Like that yeah. all peachish or pink. I don't even know what that is. Like the orange black, I get because it's Halloween coming up. Uh, but the yeah, that other one in the middle, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. I do like yeah. the Timberwolves one though too. The teal is, is kind of cool, and maybe he'll have a, a a city. What is it, the city edition jersey shoe where it's multicolored? That could be a cool one too. Love the shoe talk, love the hoop stock, gentlemen. But the party does have to end. Our first edition of the Minnesota Basketball Party. Find us every single Wednesday here on Locked On Sports Minnesota or the Locked On Wolves audio feed, and you can hear Luke Inman and Jack Borman reacting to Wolves games on the Wolves postcast beginning October 25th. For Ron, Reggie, Ben, Jack, I'm Sam Ekstrom. Football party tomorrow with Ron, Arif, and Luke Braun, the show you're accustomed to. Big thanks to those who tuned in on our first edition of the Minnesota Basketball Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. So long, everyone. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.